Welcome to Declare, the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Ohio. Each episode, LPO Communications Director Aaron Keith Harris talks to the most interesting people promoting liberty in Ohio and around the world. You can send questions and comments to news at lpo.org. Tom, I thought we'd uh, start off by uh, letting you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in politics and uh, what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, again, my name is Tom Zawistowski. I am the executive director of the Portage County Tea Party. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention and the Ohio Citizens PAC. Um, my wife and I own a small business and have for 30 years. And uh, we really were the least political people you could ever meet until the Tea Party came around. I, I had never donated uh, to political campaigns. Uh, I had not really participated other than voting since I was a young, young man. And, um, you know, I the, the Tea Party is kind of what got us involved in that. And I can answer, you know, more detail why, what, what event actually triggered that. But basically, you know, we've been active in quote unquote politics, though I would say more in the liberty movement uh, for the last six years. Yeah. Talk about that. I, I think one of the most interesting things um, to talk to, especially among libertarians, and I, I won't put that label on you. Um, I, you spoke at our, our 2012 uh, convention and were very well received. I was very impressed by uh, some of your motivations for politics and your analysis of what's going on, especially in Ohio. And, um, you know, if there's any libertarian purists out there who are unhappy that I have a Tea Party guy on that, you know, we're not trying to say that, you know, I'm a Tea Party guy or you're a libertarian, but there's a lot of um, overlap in what we're uh, passionate about. So what, um, what was there a specific issue or event that um, got you involved in wanting to find out more about the Tea Party? What what was the inciting incident? I guess. Yeah, um, you know, it was a very specific moment, and I, I remember I had a, a writer from the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, ask me th- this question one time, and when I told him, he was like stunned, like he couldn't believe it. But as I said, I've been a businessman for thirty years, and uh, I did, you know, f- uh, you know, try to help get John McCain elected. Uh, not because I like John McCain, because I didn't, but Sarah Palin, I did like. Uh, and, you know, when Barack Obama was elected, um, I just, you know, said, okay, fine, we did our best. Uh, I had friends who supported Barack Obama, and I, I wished them well. And I said, I hope he's the best president we've ever had. Uh, unfortunately, as we all know, that uh, he has been, you know, much less than that. And, um, during his first six months, if we can think back that far, we've our heads are so full of all the things that are going on today and, and, and how difficult this has been. But, you know, we started with, you know, the Obamacare stuff, but there were things in there like cap and tax, and there was the bailout of the auto companies. And uh, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Chrysler got a loan from the government to survive uh, by Lee Iacocca. And so I, that wasn't that stunning to me that the cargo companies might you know, need some help. But what stunned me as a businessman was when President Obama basically told the bondholders of the auto companies that uh, he didn't just, you know, call them out. He called them names in public. He basically questioned their integrity when they had a contract that gave them the first position in a bankruptcy. And most people don't realize this, but what happened was the auto companies went bankrupt. And the federal government restructured that bankruptcy. And when they did, they broke the contracts the bondholders had. And they basically threatened them in public and said, you'll take what we give you or, you know, we'll start to come after you. 
And as a businessman and, you know, in your audience being libertarians, I know that what's unique and exceptional about America is that we are a nation of laws and that law is critical. And in business, if the president of the United States could say their contracts were invalid, I knew that he could say my contracts were invalid and that my company would be threatened. Yep. And that single event got my attention. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, this isn't policy. This is extra constitutional. And this person needs to be stopped. So basically you're saying that the the people who um, that the uh, car companies had borrowed money from in the past and hadn't fully paid back yet. The government's like, okay, we're going to give you, loan you, or give you more money. And by the way, those people who are standing in line to get paid back, you guys are going to have to wait or never get your, get That's right. your stuff back at all. Right. You're basically, we're not going to follow your contract. We're going to follow what political agenda we have. And uh, that's frightening. And yeah. I think that's the motivation, those type of things. And that's not the only one that the Obama administration has done, but are, are the kinds of things that really threaten our Constitution. Yeah, I think that uh, it's interesting because people sometimes hear libertarians are, you know, and, and Tea Party people are for the free market. And somehow that gets translated into that we're pro business in every case. And I, I think some of that goes back to, I think it was Coolidge who said, you know, the business of America is business. And he was associated with, you know, um, kind of laissez faire Republican policies. And, but really, I mean, a, a true conservative or true libertarian we're not necessarily pro-business, we're pro-free markets. And when and that's a big distinction, Aaron. I yeah. mean, I mean the, the problem we have is that uh, our government is moving, and I would say we're actually in a fascist state where business and government are working together to wipe out small business and create these huge mega businesses who are beholding the government uh, for their very existence and no better example than MLT at GE. And, and you know, what we're for, like you said, is free markets. And that means the government is not picking winners and losers. They're the referee in the ring making sure that no one's cheating that's not happening right and as a businessman and somebody who follows politics pretty closely especially in ohio with um, a program famous program like jobs ohio now the government like who who is getting favored in these things uh what what basis do you see that the that uh, obama and Kasich and regulators and stuff are they who are they picking to to bail out and to loan money to and things like that? Well, certainly those the, the, you know Jobs Ohio is tied to Medicare expansion and and the hospital associations and those type of people who you know basically donated money uh, you know to election campaigns for Kasich uh, and basically you know uh, were involved with this Jobs Ohio and 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 getting you know uh, credits tax credits or or outright grants to help quote unquote, bring jobs to Ohio. And again, you know, when your own Republican auditor, Dave Yost, thinks that you should be audited and you fight him tooth and nail for having this public entity, you have to expose, you know, what money's coming in, what money's going out. That tells you all you need to know. 
I mean, yeah. it, it's it's basically illegal, and and it's it was illegal from the beginning. And again, you know, people say, "Oh, you Tea Party people, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're always uh, attacking the establishment Republicans, but you know, you're never attacking the Democrats." But the Democrats were the ones who called them out on this and said, "Hey, wait a minute, where's the transparency here?" Yep, in this state, you're right, and I I think that um, I know that both you and I and are um, you know the Libertarian Party and and a lot of the groups that you're um, either in or affiliated with, we have a lot of criticism for uh, John Kasich and the Ohio Republican Party. And sometimes people say, well, what are you for Democrats? And it's like, well, I'm quite sure that if Democrats had um, the majority in uh, both houses of the assembly and the governor's mansion, that they would be abusing their power as well. Um, And so we're just, you know, we we're not focused as the Libertarian Party. We you know we had the SB one ninety three and other things. So naturally, because they came after us, we talk a lot about the corruption of the uh, Republican Party here in Ohio. But it's not because we like Democrats. It's just because they don't happen to have uh, the power right now. And I I, I think you are, are um, uh, an interesting character in Ohio politics because of. Um, exactly where you're at as a, a, a Tea Party leader and um, and your dealings with the Republican Party. And I, I, I'm really interested because I'm a, I'm a former Republican. I like to call myself a recovering Republican. <laughs> um, the um, last Republican I voted for was Ron Paul in the 2008 primary. And I just couldn't stomach um, voting for John McCain, even though I knew Obama was going to be um, – basically the Obama we got. I, uh, I, uh, I liked, you know, two or three things Obama was campaigning on, but I was very skeptical that he would, you know, about being very, the most transparent administration in history. And now we know from, you know, the white house press corps, which is certainly not made up of conservatives or libertarians. You know, most of those people agree that he's the least transparent administration in history. So, Again, not pro Obama, but I, I just couldn't um, stomach McCain either. And uh, at, at a long time ago, back in the mid '90s, when I was at uh, Rice State University, I was uh, actually chairman of the College Republicans then. So I know a little bit about um, some of the uh, players in the Republican Party here in Ohio, and uh, I've always been fascinated by. Um, and we're going to talk about this in regard to the current presidential primaries as well. But it seems, you know, big political parties in America, um, almost by their nature, if we we're going to have two big parties, which, again, we can talk about that system in a, another time or later on. But you basically have to have it's it's coalitions. It's different groups who agree to kind of work together Um with sometimes with conflicting um, goals, sometimes with somewhat aligned goals. And the Republican Party, two big wings of their party is sort of the the Christian conservatives and um, a a very uh, people that are generally libertarian. Um, And I am actually both. um, And I have left the Republican Party a long time ago because I think you know, I just saw them as as very um, the paying lip service to those groups and other groups. Like, yep, we're against abortion, and, and um, you know, we're against gay marriage, and we're going to bring it up during the election season, but we don't do anything about it later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're for uh, you know, I've been waiting for the flat tax since 
Dick Army and Newt Gingrich of 1994, and here we are 20 years later, yeah. and they keep promising a flat tax or a uh, or like the uh, what do they call it the fair tax. Fair tax. Mm-hmm. They bring it up every time around election time, but then they drop it. So, um, what do you what's going on in the Republican Party in Ohio? What have the more liberty minded people tried to do? Uh, you in particular, and how what's going on and what has happened and where do you see things going? Well, you, you raised some very important fundamental issues, okay? The first thing, what's what's different about the Tea Party movement and I believe the libertarian movement is that we don't elect people because we want favors. What has the Tea Party ever asked for other than for them to follow the Constitution? Right. So that separates us from all these other groups who want to feed at the public trough. Your second point about why, you know, are we attacking the Republicans all the time instead of the, the Democrats, though we do attack the Democrats, the Republicans just don't want to notice that. And, right. and it's really a perfect analogy is that if, if we're in, in a battle, you know, picture an old colonial, you know, times battle, you know, where the British are marching in lines and we're marching in lines with our bayonets drawn and our, our rifles pointed as we're marching, you know, are you more worried about the enemy that you see in front of you and you're ready to fight? Or the enemy that's behind you with their bayonet to your back who's going to stab you when you're not looking. That's why we have to fight the Republican establishment. Uh, Because the third thing that your listeners need to embrace is that by their actions, neither of these parties believe in our form of government. You, You know, you've been familiar with the Republican Party. I always like to say the Republican Party never has a vote about anything until the meeting, until after the meeting before the meeting. In other words, whenever they're going to do anything, they have a meeting the night before where they bribe everyone or intimidate everyone and say, this is how you're going to vote. And then the next day they have the vote. And that's exactly what just happened in this disgusting, disastrous (laughs) omnibus bill. Okay. So, so the reality is that, um, they despise us and they hate us, both the, the Democrats and the Republicans, because they are the ruling class. There are no two political parties. There is the ruling class and there is the people. And until the people assert themselves and throw the ruling class out, as our forefathers did, and reestablish a constitutionally limited governance, we will not have the liberties that our forefathers you know, set up for us, and we will not have the freedoms to, to pursue those liberties. And and that's why the Tea Party exists. Now, that's a very different message than you'll hear in the, the lamestream media or you'll hear from the establishment Republicans like John McCain, who calls you know, us wacko birds and all that stuff. But that's that's the truth. Yeah. Um, well, talk about uh, now you and some other Tea Party people. Uh, I, I'm shockingly ill informed about the details about this because I didn't go into in depth in reading about it when it happened and and um i've only got so much hard drive space in my head and and but um weren't you uh did you run for uh republican central committee chairman and and is that correct and what what happened with with all of that yeah why did why did you guys do what you did and, and what happened Right. Um, I ran against Matt Borges to be chairman of the Republican Party of Ohio. And I did it because, quote unquote, according to them, no one else wanted the job. Okay, And I said, let me get this straight. No one else in Ohio will even apply to be the chairman of the Ohio Republican Party. Right. Right. And so I said, 
well, guess what? I'm going to apply. And let's see how you deal with that. All right. And that was a very key moment for our movement because up till then, there were a lot of people in the Tea Party movement who we used to call Republican wannabes. They wanted the Republican Party to be what they thought it was, and they knew it wasn't. So they were part of the Tea Party movement. And, and when we would start to put pressure on people like Kasich or Portman or you know whoever it might be, these people would go, oh, 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 that's, you can't do that. You know, we're Republicans. And, and when I ran for chairman of the party and basically got myself under the tent, I got to address the state Republican Central Committee and call them out for the liars and thieves that they are and expose the fact that they don't even have a policy or a platform that you can run, quote unquote, as a Republican in the state and not believe anything that Republicans believe. That step was the beginning of what you see today when you see polls that say 66% of Republicans believe they've been betrayed by their political party leadership. That never happens, Aaron, if we didn't begin that process when I challenged them head on and proved my point that they are thugs. The Republican Party of Ohio is the mafia, and no one knows that better than the Ohio Libertarian Party. Yeah, uh, it's funny that I uh, oftentimes... You know, I'm a big fan of the uh, Sopranos television show, and uh, um, you know, it's about mafia guys in in uh, New Jersey, and yeah. like th- those guys got nothing on Kasich and these guys about. I mean that that and the other thing you brought up about, um, you know, things are already decided by the time they come to a vote, and um, uh, you know, there's backroom deals, and a lot of times it's not even deals, like you mentioned, it's a strong arm thing. It's like, well. You know, we'll kick you off your committee if you don't vote this way. Um, we will. Your, your wife I'm, or your son will lose their job. Yeah, uh, we'll destroy your family business. Yep. Uh, you'll lose this state contract. I mean, yep. it's not subtle. It's it's very aggressive. Is there any sort of public example of something that egregious that you can talk about? Well, I, I, I certainly think example of the Libertarian Party and the whole, you know, Charlie Earl being thrown out the ballot yeah. is a classic example. I mean, as a matter of fact, Matt Borges just had a, a fight from the Tea Party people on the Republican Central Committee, uh, their last meeting that they had about three weeks ago, because they just had to approve another $245,000 for legal fees to yep. keep fighting the challenges the Libertarian Party's putting forward. It's real simple. They took $300,000 of dark money money that came from who knows where that went to who knows where which basically you helped discover was a law firm in cleveland to gin up this bogus you know uh case to throw uh you know charlie earl off the ballot and and when they did that um you know again you know this corruption is from top to the bottom. So where did you end up? You yeah. ended up with the Ohio Supreme Court in which Judy French, when she was running for Supreme Court, said she saw her job as a Supreme Court justice is to back up the governor. Yep. Okay. So much for checks and balance, so much for constitutional separation, uh, of, powers, you know, yeah. separation of powers, <laughs> because the Supreme Court believes that their job is to enforce the thuggery of the executive branch. Yeah. And they did. So I think that's a classic example, but there's, there's plenty of other examples. If you look at the history of Ohio politics and, and basically, you know, th- this is the, you know, the hardest thing for people to understand, but I believe we've won this war because 
because that's why people are calling into question. And you know, again, John Kasich, who supposedly had a landslide victory to win the governorship, which you know, which I exposed in its full glory as a total fraud, yep. is now running. I don't know, third or fourth in the state in the Republican primary. Right. Um. I think that shows you all you need to know about how they rigged uh, the governor's election by uh, basically bribing the the Democratic unions to not put up a candidate. Yeah, and, and that that of course there's that. Um, there's also, you know, I, people have heard me talking right about this and others with the LPO, but I'll just give a quick synopsis of, um, you know, of course they passed SB one ninety three, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, in late 2013, the judge said, oh, you can't enforce this to take the party off the ballot, the Libertarian Party and the Green Party off the ballot in 2014. So we got our signatures uh, for a governor candidate and attorney general candidate. Um, Charlie Earl was a governor candidate and we got the required amount of signatures. They were certified by John Husted. And all the boards of election and the, you know, people in the secretary of state's office, Charlie was placed on the ballot. Then a, um, this guy named Greg Felsosi came forward who had voted in the libertarian primary, even though no libertarian had ever heard of him. And he, he, he challenged, you know, he, he, he said that, oh, um, Charlie uh, employed people uh, to get signatures, but di- they didn't list their employer on the on the form well the neither charlie nor the lpo employed anybody we had some independent contractors um and some of those people were doing it independently of either the campaign or the uh, lpo uh, for different reasons and um so basically they got charlie disqualified from the ballot on a on a um a rule that a legal uh, technicality, a legal te- a not, only, not only a technicality, uh, but mm-hmm. a technicality that had never been enforced before on any candidate, Democrat, Republican, independent uh, in Ohio before. And uh, the Rex Dam, uh, I don't know if his first name is Rex, but Dam Schroeder, the guy that works at secretary of state's office said, yeah, we mm-hmm. never check that. Um, if we do notice there's something wrong with that, we, we never, um, disqualify anybody unless somebody challenges. So again, selective enforcement of the law is a mark of, you know, of illegitimate it's government just, and tyranny. Yeah. It's, um, it's tyranny. That's what so, it yeah. is. It's tyranny. So, um, we'll, we're, we're going to circle back around to where the LPO is here in a minute. Um, but I wanted to talk about, um, the presidential campaign. Uh, you mentioned okay. Kasich, who is, you know, a very, very unlikable guy. Oh, well, here's here was my last point on the on that that election. There was no question that Kasich was probably going to win, uh, and especially what, like you say, when the Democrats didn't put up anybody credible. And so, at no time did we, as the Libertarian Party, think Charlie Earl was actually going to win that race. What we did think was that Charlie, who used to be a Republican lawmaker 20, 30, about 30 years ago, um, who, who campaigned very well for Secretary of State four years previous, had a lot of support from Tea Party people who were at least going to give us a look in that election. And in that election, um, John Kasich did not want to talk about his increased spending, all the non-conservative you know, conservative Republican ways in which he's managed the budget. And having someone on the liberty side of things criticizing Kasich would have 
what would it would have done was maybe knock down his margin of victory. You know, maybe he would have won with 53% of the vote instead of whatever it was, 65, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Charlie at one, the poll, some polls when he was cooked out had him at like 10 or 15%. You know, even if he would have got 5 or 10%, um, Kasich wouldn't have got this big, huge victory, which again, you've broken down. Um, but basically he wanted to run up the score so he would look more attractive to, uh, Republican contributors, or like I like to call them investors who, uh, picking the candidate. And of course that hasn't worked. You know, the people who really know things know about Kasich's abilities. They know he's a very unlikable guy. He's a hothead. He's dishonest. And, you know, so that's all worked against him and we see his campaign continuing to flounder. But um, so tell me how Tea Party people in Ohio are looking at the current presidential uh, primary among the Republicans. What's going on well, there? What, yeah, I think I think, you know, what we've learned in six years is uh, is the look at the game within the game. Uh, virtually nothing is what you think it is. It is not what it appears to be. And it's taken us a long time uh, and bitter lessons. I mean, remember, John Kasich is not governor of this state if it isn't for the Tea Party. And quite frankly, if it isn't for Tom Zawistowski and the efforts we made in Portage County, literally. Okay, so we elected explain this that, Explain that. Explain that um, not in great detail, but in just tell yeah, people very, what you mean by that. Very quickly, the Tea Party starting up. We're being fed this line of crap that you know John Kasich's a conservative and that he's got to beat Ted Strickland. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we go to war with him. The Portage County Tea Party paid for its own materials, started its own pack, and knocked on 40,000 doors to help elect John Kasich. And when in that election, for the first time since 1958, the Republican Party swept Portage County, okay, and provided like 40,000 votes to John Kasich. He only won by 77,000 votes. Three days before the election, he's down in the polls, and he comes to Portage County, and we put on a rally with a full house and all the Cleveland media there to support John Kasich. He literally does not win without our support. He has never spoken to me since that day. Tell me very quickly, for those of us, I know where it is. I've been there. But um, where is Portage County? What are the cities in Portage County? And why was it significant that a Republican won it? Yeah, Portage County is in northeast Ohio. And our biggest city is the People's Republic of Kent. (laughs) And uh, basically, uh, it is totally Democratic. And, uh, you know, literally every office holder is a Democrat. And how it has been for 50 years. And for a Republican to win anything in Portage County was big news. And I can remember getting reports, uh, you know, that... uh, 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 Taylor, this lieutenant governor, uh, you know, at the, when they were reviewing the election results, their biggest surprise was what happened in Portage County. How did this happen? And it happened because of the Tea Party. So we elected the full, and then he proceeded to completely stab us in the back. So why and would that's he, a hard lesson? Well, why would he do that, knowing he's going to run for reelection again? What? Why because, did he not talk to you? Why did he not? Not, not just you personally. I've heard this. Uh, from other Tea Party leaders and then going. So what happened there? Why would he not want to bring you guys in and work with you? Well, first of all, he's a pathological liar. 
Uh, <laughs> I just said in a Facebook post that he's a megalomaniac. Right. Okay. And you can look it up. It defines John Kasich perfectly. Um, he, I think there's actually something psychologically wrong with the man. I really do. I've never seen anybody who is so suspicious of everyone around him uh, since, you know, uh, the, the, I think it was the Kane Mutiny TV show or movie. Um, you know, the guy has an inner circle that's a dot. It's only him. Even his own staff is afraid to talk to him. The, the problem was that once he had power, he could... He didn't have to ask anyone for help. He could just extort help wherever he needed it, as, as we just talked about with the Libertarian Party, with the Democratic Party. I mean, when you can use the taxpayers' money to bribe people, you can get a lot done. Right. And so he didn't need our votes anymore. But where, but where we made the mistake and where the Tea Party movement got played, and I was one of the people who got played, is with this state central committee fight where the Kasich administration spent over $2 million giving bribes and gifts like jobs to people, and the, the Houston DeWine camp did the same thing. And we were convinced by Jim Woods, who was a GOP operative, that what Kasich needed this, that he could be a conservative leader. If we gave him this, the problem was DeWine in Houston. That was a mistake. That's where we gave him total control. If if DeWine and Houston had stayed in control of the Republican Party, John Kasich would have been balanced out. Instead, we gave him total power yeah. in the state. So we've been let's, paying for it ever um, I, since. We, you don't have a, if I can have about 15 more minutes with you, let's talk quickly about the um, um, presidential race. I know Kasich's probably not your favorite. And one mm -hmm. thing is somebody who's, again, no longer a Republican, um, I've had I, I cannot explain fully the Donald Trump phenomenon. I think I know some things that are going on, but I don't. So what's with Trump? What's with the field out there? What are your people? Um, who are your people um, liking? And uh, where do you see this race going? Okay, so yep. we talked about the game within the game. And, and so the reality is nothing is what it's, it appears to be. For instance, I still don't believe that Marco Rubio is even running for president. It's my understanding that Marco Rubio is running for governor of Florida in 2018, yep. and this is a great fundraiser. Ben Carson is a wonderful person. He is being totally yep. destroyed by his own staff. The, the consulting class is basically taking every dollar that citizens donate to Ben Carson, who's a wonderful man, and spending it on themselves. They're doing nothing to help him get elected. He's, a, he, he's completely been betrayed by his own staff, and that happens all the time because people say, well, why don't the Republicans care about winning? And the answer is because to yep. them, they win whenever they lose. Mitt Romney's two top people got paid $10 yep. million dollars each to lose, and that's the game within the game. So here's what it comes down to. John Kasich was never going to be president of the United States. John yep. Kasich is here for one reason, and that is to keep everyone yep. else from running in Ohio. Virtually every campaign from Rand Paul to Ted Cruz to Rubio to these guys have said to us, with a winner-take-all primary and a sitting governor in the race, right. we cannot play here. And they are spending no money here at all. And so you can forget about it. The fact of the matter is that the establishment did the same thing in Florida, 
Okay. And as sad as this sounds, and, and I mean, people are going to be shocked when I say this, but I would still bet you it's at least a 50-50 chance that Jeb Bush will be their nominee because of how they can manipulate the process okay. of getting delegates to the convention. And well, that's what they're talking about, second. this brokered convention. what you mean by, if Kasich doesn't, like, does Kasich think he's going to be president or is he running for vice president? Why is he trying to no. keep other people from competing in Ohio? Well, be, simply because the establishment of which he is a part, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that they protected their flank. Okay, so as a reward, Kasich's feeling was that if he could win the Ohio primary, winner take all, the conventions in Cleveland, that he could force himself onto the ticket as the vice president with right. the theory of you can't right. win the election if you don't win Ohio. So think about it. Jeb Bush, former governor of Florida, John Kasich, Florida, former governor of Ohio. You got to win both states. John Kasich supposedly won this landslide. And I believe that was their plan. Now that's blowing up because neither one of them are getting any traction because the Tea Party and some of our other groups have become more sophisticated and we're not getting played like we used to get played. Okay. Right. Our candidate is Ted Cruz. And for a very simple reason. We believe that Ted Cruz is the only candidate who would actually do the things he says he's going to do after the election. We believe he's the only one smart enough to navigate the Washington cesspool in order to do this. And so the reason we're supporting Ted Cruz is because we believe in right. liberty and justice. So we don't want, for instance, we don't want the IRS investigated and, 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 and have something happen to Lois Lerner because of what she did to us. We don't want revenge. We want justice. We want someone to make sure what they did to us never happens to another American. And the best way would be the fair tax or the flat tax. Ted Cruz, we believe, is the kind of person who actually could do that. They would hate him. They would undermine him every step of the way, but the guy is one of the smartest guys in the room, literally, not that he thinks he is, he actually is, and we think he would have the okay. most success. That's why we'd support him. I don't think he has well, a chance of winning a question because that I of the get establishment. A lot is, um, and that we libertarians get, even though we're a political party, sometimes people forget that, um, but the, the same question uh, you probably get, why, why don't you support Rand Paul then? Mm -hmm. Well, I've I've really tried to interface with the Rand Paul campaign, yeah. and I quite frankly don't find them serious. And a perfect example, we reached out to them to help them get delegates yeah. for for Ohio to be on the Ohio ballot. Their their application yeah. was sorry. It was it was pathetic. Okay. And we do not see any indication that the Rand Paul people do what it takes to win. And so if you're not going to do what it takes yeah. to win, how can we take you seriously? Okay. Now we have a lot in common with Rand Paul. There's a lot that we like. And I think Rand Paul actually tried to implement a strategy and, and for lack of a better term, I'll call it the Obama strategy. I think that last year, uh, Rand Paul spent a lot of time making nice, yeah. endorsing Mitch McConnell, kind of going to the Republican events, trying to fool them into thinking he's one of them. With the full understanding that once he got in power, he'd become right. the true libertarian that we all know he is. And I, and I quite frankly, supported that strategy because I thought it was a strategy that could win. But then yeah. he just wasn't able to follow through with it. So, you know, so again, um, when you look at Ted Cruz, 
he, you know, he's not in second place for no reason. He's had a lot of headwinds. How did he do this? How did he raise the kind of money he raised? Okay, he's a pretty smart guy, and so that's why the difference between one, Rand Paul one sort and, of and Ted Cruz. Question that um, I think that most of us libertarians may disagree with some Tea Party people, and you know, I, I'm not trying to be provocative, and I'm not trying to, you know. Um, have a gotcha question or anything like that because because I like you and I respect you and I, I used to be uh, again more of a Tea Party type person, but one of the big reasons uh, that I did leave the Republican Party was the foreign policy stuff um, that um, mm -hmm. I I supported you know Afghanistan and Iraq at first and then I just saw what what was actually going on and how that. To me, war is big government without borders. I mean, everything about socialism and, and all that and crony capitalism, it's all rolled into one. And, um, and, and so one of the things that libertarians look at Republicans, uh, especially currently with the refugee crisis and ISIS and all this stuff, it seems like most of those Republicans are, are in a competition to see uh, how loudly and firmly they can promise to get us embroiled in another huge war. Um, what do you think of that? What do Tea Party yeah. people think of that? Why Why do Republicans... It seems to me that Republicans haven't learned the lesson of Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, and I thought Rand Paul had his finest moment uh, in the last debate where he made the whole case about dis you know getting rid of dictators and and how does that really serve us and and you know is that really something we should be doing and I thought he made a, a compelling case um, you know I guess the difference between you know maybe the Tea Party and the Republicans is that there is you know this group in the Republican Party who makes all their money off of war uh, whether it's Halliburton or you know the, the Cheney group you know Karl Rove all these guys and and you know Again, part of our problem is the corruption, okay? I'm like you. I believe that we did the right thing in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, I just believe that when, we, when it came down to it, um, you know, politics and greed got in the way, and we, we sidetracked ourselves. And then Obama, with the same thing, politics and greed, you know, did the wrong thing by pulling out, and we're stuck with what we've got. Um, I just don't believe, uh, and I don't think most Tea Party people believe, that we can you know, sit back and just uh, kind of let things play out in the world because of the, the nature of the world today is, is, is so dynamic. In other words, the threat can become real so much quicker today than it ever could before. And I think you have to be proactive. But, uh, but I think we would find a lot of common ground in, in, in how to exercise that power. In other words, you know, when to go and how to go are, are the two most important questions. And I think we'd be closer to yeah, Rand Paul I, than we are I, to Lindsey Graham, I say I instance. supported both wars at the beginning, and I'm actually kind of ashamed of some of the things I thought and said at the time. And I didn't... And, and looking back, I'm fine with going in to get the Taliban and the and the Al Qaeda guys, but um, I was completely wrong about Iraq, and I'm sorry that I thought the way I did. And and and, and I'm just trying to clarify my position, cause, and we don't have to. Um, we could have another talk about foreign policy sometime, but um, I, I really am. Mm -hmm. I, I really all the libertarian principles that I espoused at home. I wasn't realizing that everything, most of what. I was supporting foreign policy wise was directly opposed to that. So, um, okay. You, you got to give me a quick, um, what's the deal with Donald Trump? Is he going to win the nomination? 
And you said also that you think Bush still has a shot. So why are people supporting Trump? Why is he hanging on this long? And what's going to happen from here? Yeah, I think that Donald Trump is just merely a vehicle. Uh, He's a vehicle for the frustration that we all have. Uh, The jig is up. You know, I think for the first time in your and my lifetime, the common man knows that there is no constitution, there is no government, there is no rule of law, uh, and they're really angry about it. And uh, and I personally, this this literally today uh, and this weekend, I have I'm actually shocked and a little taken aback by the anger about this omnibus bill. I, I mean, it's. I'm really concerned about the potential for violence that people are that worked up over it. So here's the deal with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is is basically saying what a lot of common people think. We know he's an unprincipled, egotistical maniac. Okay, and the only thing I can tell you that uh, that is an you know an asset to him is that you know while while you know he may be a loose cannon. Okay, this is the way I like to explain it. Right now. All of the Republican establishment, all the ruling class candidates are pointed directly at us. They're only shooting at us. At least with Donald Trump as a loose cannon, he would be hitting them sometimes and not us all the time. And that would <laughs> yeah. actually be an improvement in our situation. Okay. Now, will he win and can he win? Um, you know, surprisingly, I think he could win uh, because it's such an upside down world. And you've got someone like Hillary Clinton, who, quite frankly, um, is not real. Hillary Clinton's a horrible campaigner. She's a horrible candidate. Um, you think you think anywhere near the number of blacks are going to come out and vote for Hillary Clinton that came out and voted for Barack Obama? I got news for you. She can't win. Okay. And so when you get a Donald Trump out there and he's got his own money and he's getting all this free airtime and he's controversial, believe it or not, I think he could win. But I think that the Republican Party is going to do everything they possibly can to make sure he doesn't win. And uh, I, I've shared on my radio show uh, with folks some, some very interesting things. Like, for instance, in the blue states like California and New York, which are huge states with lots of congressional districts, there are more Republican delegates to the Republican Convention from blue states who don't elect any Republicans to anything than there are from the red states who elect all the Republicans. And those people are not for Ted Cruz or Rand Paul or Donald Trump. Those people are, right. you know, establishment Republicans. And, and so they have the ability at the convention to basically steal the primary, steal, uh, steal the, the will of the people. If, if, if Trump were to win or Cruz were to win, they have the ability to, quite frankly, take that away. And as I said to Rob Portman's staff, and I've said to some other people at the RNC, you know, I think there's a real possibility that the convention in Cleveland can look a lot like the 1968 right. Democratic convention. And for in those Chicago. of you, I, I'm 40, I'm almost 40 years old, but I'm a history buff and I, I read and watch all this stuff. But there was a lot of violence in that. Uh, there were riots and stuff outside the convention because basically, from what I understand, that, um, you know, um, the sort of Humphrey won that, right? Uh, so, and Humphrey was seen as right, pro Vietnam yep. and pro establishment by a lot of the left wing of the of the Democrats who um, Mm -hmm. I think were motivated by some very good things and, and some very bad things. But uh, there was the anger over that uh, they thought the establishment was not reflecting the core of their party. And there's a definite argument that that's true. And so you're saying the same thing may be happening now if Bush or, or Rubio or somebody like that. Right. It it comes down to this, Aaron, the people in the hall 
are so detached from the people outside the hall. Yep. It's almost like a storm front. Okay. You know, you start to have lightning when you have, you know, plus and yep. minus charges rubbing against each other. That's what happened in 68. Yep. That's what's happening now. Uh, you know, and, and quite frankly, I really believe, and I, a lot of people don't realize this, but Donald Trump actually explored yep. running on a third party ticket. I forget if you, if you can maybe fill me in or the, your listeners in, but there was a, a third party that they were trying to form and they kind of really mishandled the you know the filing and all that stuff and then he walked away but i'll tell you right now i think if donald trump was running as a third party candidate i think that uh, at least half the republican party and maybe a quarter of the democratic party would be moving for him to run that way and quite frankly yeah, I, I, I think mean, that'd I, be healthy for our nation i think that we don't need two parties we need right three or four and, quite uh, frankly this is where i'm kind of gonna uh, put you on the spot a little bit um kind of update uh, you, I, you know, and most of uh, uh, people who follow the LPO website know, but right now we're still hung up in court over SB 193. Uh, if we win that court case, we're back, we're most probably back on the ballot for at least 2016 and 2017. If we lose, um, we're going to have to get about 34 or 35,000 signatures by like July 6th, I think. And we're, we've started that effort. Mm. Um, do you think that the Tea Party people uh, would have any interest in helping the Libertarian Party get back on the ballot so at least they have a choice? Uh, you know, if people uh, can sign, they can circulate petitions to get us on the ballot. They're not Their party registration doesn't change. They're not obligated to vote this way, but it would give, um, uh, it would give people another choice. So if the, the what, what, sure. Yeah, no, no, seriously, I think I think we'd be very interested in this yeah. because we believe in liberty. Okay. And 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 you know, you bet. You know, we 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 want more choice. That that's the problem. Folks, the problem is you have no choice. Literally in every ballot you've ever voted on in your life, they yep. picked the people you could choose from. That's yeah, not right. a choice. So I will have um, I'll have Bob Bridges give you a call, our chairman, and uh we wanna uh continue to yep. Uh, you were a big hit at our convention in 2012. Again, like some of our people at the beginning were like, why are you having a tea party guy? And I said, well, just wait. And, you know, you were a very passionate speaker. And um, again, we may disagree on 20 to 30 percent of issues, but on those core issues of of uh, I've, I've been really impressed by your, um, again, transparency, honesty, things like that, which are almost pre ideological, right? Like, hey, let's at least have a fair election let's be honest about what's going on and then let's debate. Um, so, um, and I know, uh, Charlie, um, has spoken a lot. Charlie Earl spoke at a lot of tea party places. And, uh, so I want to do what I can to, can, you know, the places where we can work together, we help you out. Um, us, you guys help us out. Some of your people, uh, may indeed want to run as libertarians, um, to, uh, challenge a sitting Republican or, or, you know, just not, I, again, I think a lot more people for different reasons, they don't have to be libertarians. They could be, you know, conservative Christians or just, you know, Trump people, uh, more and more people are like, Hey, I don't really know, you know, this isn't the Republican party of, of, uh, of what we heard from Ronald Reagan. Um, it's not that party. It's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the party of the, the Bush family and the banking class and the defense contractors and, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I really want, 
Well, let, let me let me leave you with your your, your sure. listeners with with this important concept, though. All right, because because I mean, again, you know, I I'm apolitical. I'm a business person. Uh, I've been doing this for six years, yeah. and for me, that's a long time. Uh, and and so we're looking for answers. And and the bottom line is is that yep. our systems are broke. It's not just people. The system is broke. They have had 240 years, and and, and it's no you know surprise that yep. most of the people in government are lawyers. Okay, that they've they completely dismantled. They've jammed the gears of the most beautiful form of government ever invented by any nation. And so here's the the, the harsh reality of it: there is a real progressive movement. It has buildings, people budgets, goals. It exists in every nook and cranny in this country. In every town, village, at every public meeting you will ever be at, the progressive movement will be there with an agenda and with their money. And they get their money from us. They either steal it through union dues or they get grants from our government to attack our liberty. Okay, Until we develop a conservative movement that is a counterbalance to this until we develop a formal organizational structure that is in every town and village and city in this country, sitting at those meetings and fighting them tooth and nail. And by the way, our, the conservative kill ratio on liberals is at least 50 to 1. You send yeah. one libertarian <laughs> into a city council meeting against 50 liberals <laughs> and they will kick their ass. Okay? Because they have the facts and the knowledge and all the liberals have is talking points that they've memorized that they don't even know what they mean. But until we find a funding source, we're not going to win anything. And we're not going to exist. And I've studied movements from the Sierra Club to, uh, you know, all kinds of different, you know, political movements. And at some point, you have to become institutionalized. And you have to have a funding source and you have to have professional leadership. And if we don't develop that, folks, socialism, here we come. And yeah. I hope it doesn't go um, beyond that, but it clearly might. And that's the sad truth. So if we don't start forming coalitions and working together, you, Aaron, show, for a common goal, so uh, go we're going to lose. Yeah, I do a weekly radio show. I stream it uh, live uh, on video, uh, and then it's played on uh, WHLO 640 AM in Akron, Ohio, at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings. It's called Tea Party Talk with Tom Z. Tea Party Talk with Tom Z.com is where you'll see the archives and the video streams. I also send out emails that have lots of attachments, like the omnibus bill. I sent you the entire bill so you could read it. I sent you the entire Supreme Court justices' rulings when there were rulings read so i do that right now we're trying to the most important thing the tea party is doing is county and state central committee and we're doing that through the ohio citizens pack ohio citizens org is is the organization because you have to be a state pack in order to endorse in the state and and take action to elect people and if anyone's interested in fighting the establishment uh, within them at the county central committee level and the state central committee level uh, i could use your support at the ohio citizens org if you're interested in that This has been Declare, the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Ohio. This program is paid for by the Libertarian Party of Ohio, not authorized or endorsed by any candidate or candidate's committee. 2586 Tiller Lane, 
Suite 2K, Columbus, Ohio, 43231-2265. Call toll-free 888-371-2965. And once again, reach your host Aaron at news at lpo.org.